Welcome to Sif Talkers of Star Wars Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lando. Brando. Joined by my special guest host, Discussing, debating a variety of Star Wars topics from Life Day with Lumpy and Mala to Six Feet Jawas. Man, talking about the holiday special. That's a loaded. That's a loaded topic. Well, um, let me tell you about the holiday special here real quickly. Um, now. I I get an hour lunch break, okay? And I decided on one of my hour lunch breaks last week to watch the holiday special on YouTube. And mind you, I have not watched this for many, 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 many years. And Ross, do you know what uh, my final thoughts about the Star Wars holiday special is? Uh, life day sucks. It is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so bad. You just like keep watching. So have right, you well, seen? Have you seen the holiday? I, I truth be told, I haven't ever watched it. You know um, the, the whole idea of B. Arthur, you know, in Star Wars, you know, kind of scares me. Yeah, she does a nice musical number there in the cantina. Um, I, I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. But really quickly, though, six-foot Jawas in Star Wars when all of them are, like, two feet tall. And then you have the one scene where the Jawa is just as tall as 3PO. Yeah, well, we don't know what's underneath those those robes. (laughs) You know, I mean, mean, you you look at humans, okay? You got, you know, most humans are around, you know, five foot, six foot tall, right? You know, and then every, every so often you have, you know, a little Peter Dinklage or a, uh, a you know, a, a big show, you know, you know, Andre the Giant, who's, you know, seven foot tall, you know. So fun fact about the Jawas, George Lucas, you know, wanted little people for the Jawas. And actually the actors, per se, were all children who were in the Jawa costumes in episode four. I'm going to nerd out on you a little bit. I did. Did, I did look up some research on this matter with the Jawas, and I found that, yes, most Jawas are one meter tall, and Jawas can be up to 1.7 meters tall. It is kind of like an anomaly, but it can happen, and per my research, that's how tall this Jawa was, almost as tall as 3PO was the 1.7 meters. So there you go. Do they have to have their robes like specifically tailored, since they're like almost twice the size of a normal Jawa? I would think so. Because I mean, you know, I I would assume Jawas are passing down their robes, you know, to their families because they kind of look like they've been, uh, you know, hand me downs. All right, guys. So welcome to episode seven, Galaxy of Plot Holes. Watch your step. It's worse than the roads out here. <laughs> you are absolutely correct, Ross. Tons of potholes here where we're at, and there is some potholes in Star Wars. 
So yeah, that, that, that's why they don't have any any vehicles with wheels on them in Star Wars. So they run into the plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> so really quickly, um, the Luke's um, Episode Four land speeder. Um, right when they filmed it, it did have like wheels underneath it, and George Lucas actually used Vaseline, like yeah. smeared it on the lens to blur out the wheels under the land speeder to do the practical effects of the right. land speeder floating. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. You know, the the way you have to be innovative to, you know, do your special effects back in the seventies, I mean, you know, that that shows real talent. Whereas now you just, you know, digitally remove it. Yep. That's why I really liked like uh you know, with even with JJ Abrams or even Ryan Johnson, like really trying to do more practical effects in the Star Wars movies. Um, instead of 100% digital, which George Lucas did with the prequels, where it was more digital than practical, when the original trilogy is all practical effects, pretty much. Right. Well, that, that's practical effects hold up better over time, you know, as opposed to to you know digital effects. That's that's why the original trilogy was so so good before the special edition, even. Yep, and that's um, and that's something me and. Uh, Captain Amazing, we differ about. Which, by the way, you notice Captain Amazing is not here. He is actually at PopCon this weekend. So he was unable to do the podcast. That's why I got my good buddy Ross Crabtree to step in. Speaking of which, didn't Captain Amazing uh, leave something for you? We should do and listen to feedback now, Okie Day! Hey, Jar Jar. Oh, moy, moy, Ross! We so love you, Ross Crabtree. Well, I, uh, I, I have conflicted feelings about you, Jar Jar. Oh, Jar Jar, get back in your hole, buddy. But, but, back in your hole. Where's Captain Amazing? Get in your hole. He dropped you off, so he, he's not here. Jar Jar. All right, all right. So, thank you, Jar Jar, for for introducing listener feedback. So we do have some listener feedback from the past couple uh, podcasts. I know me and Captain Amazing kind of went off on a uh, non-Star Wars tangent last week. So I got some feedback for uh, the last couple podcasts. So this one, um, if you remember a couple podcasts ago, it was uh, Stormtrooper Mark, baddest Stormtrooper in the galaxy. And um, as always... Quick draw 83. What's up, Quick Draw? He hit me up on Instagram and commented on the Stormtrooper Mark podcast and said, Another awesome podcast. Cheers. Hashtag Lando. Hashtag new ringtone. Thank you, Quick Draw. And I hate to be the nerd, but the first appearance of Bubba Fett was a couple months before the Christmas special. In a parade with Vader, a man named Wayne Dunham wore the suit, and he also wore the prototype armor in the test screening. Cheers. Sorry for the long comment. Laugh out loud. Hashtag Grand Moff Steve. Thanks. See, I, don't, I don't think I'd ever heard about that. Thanks, Quick Draw. And he is absolutely correct. Um, you know, most Star Wars fans, hardcore fans, are going to tell you the very first appearance of Bubba Fett is the Star Wars Holiday Special in that animated cartoon. Yeah, that's why I always thought. So yeah, so I did. I did look this up too, and yes, Bubba Fett and Darth Vader were in a parade, 
and this was the very first appearance of Bubba Fett. So thank you, Quick Draw, for pointing that out. Um, much appreciated. That is the first official appearance of Bubba Fett. The first official animated appearance is the holiday special. Then the first official movie appearance is Empire Strikes Back. So there you go. All right. And then I also got some feedback from Jim7489. He just has hashtag Lando, Grand Moff Steve, shut your mouth, and be nicer to hashtag Lando. He has a thing for you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for uh, your feedback there. Then we did have last week's episode where it was the lost episode. And I have a few comments on that. All right. So, once again, quick draw. Uh, hashtag Crop Lives Matter. Thank you, Quick Draw. Thank you. So, Quick Draw, he would spend the night with Clark Kent like I would. Thank you, Quick Draw. Hashtag Captain Amazing. Cheers, guys. Great podcast. And then I had another comment from Fresh Off the Pop. Let's just remember all the hate Heath Ledger got when they casted him for the Joker. Hashtag Shovelface deserves his shot before we hang him out the dry. So there you go. That's the Robert Pattinson um, right Batman that's coming. We will see. And yeah. oh, and I have a comment from Jim seven four eight nine. It says hashtag Lando, and then it says hashtag Captain Amazing. Shut your mouth. I want to hear Star Wars. And it sounds Hashtag like Lando. Sounds like Jim kind of has a hit on for Captain Amazing. All right. Well, thanks, Jim. And thanks, everybody. Once again, I really do appreciate everybody for reaching out on Instagram or on Facebook or, you know, email. I really, really appreciate it. I'm, you know, I'm so thankful everybody's listening out there. It really means the world to me. You know, so thank you again. And if you want to reach out to me for this week's podcast, once again, just hit us up on Instagram at Sith Talkers on Twitter, on Facebook, Sith Talkers, a Star Wars podcast, or you can send an email to Sith Talkers at gmail.com. All right. So on to Galaxy of Plot Holes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Ross, so let's get into some plot holes. And, Ross, we know there are many plot holes in Star Wars. You just don't want to fall into one. No, no. You never climb out. Right. It, you know, what if it's like a, because uh, you know, it could be like a sinkhole, right? Yeah. Aren't those the ones where, right, you still have the Earth's, you know, like. Yeah, the, the, the ground's hollow underneath and it ends up swallowing cars. Yes, because once it like collapses, you could have like what twenty, thirty feet of just like n nothing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then you have to <laughs> dig everything out, and and the, the ground there is never the same. So you know what sound? What would happen if you know you were stuck in a in a pothole or a sinkhole? You know what? You know what sound would you be hearing? No. 
Star Wars joke, pre-Star Wars <laughs> joke for you. <ya. laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So, plot hole. We got Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, from The Phantom Menace. And who's his apprentice? Qui-Gon's apprentice is Obi-Wan. Okay. So, in the original trilogy, who does Obi-Wan tell Luke trained him? Uh, Yoda. Okay. <laughs> plot hole number one. There, yeah, there you go. Plot, plot, plot hole number one. Qui-Gon gets snubbed. <laughs> so there you go. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. No, I don't know anybody named Qui-Gon. So yeah, Yoda's. Now granted, um there is a quick scene in the Phantom Menace where where Obi-Wan does tell Qui-Gon. I think it's at the beginning. Master Yoda told me I should be mindful of the future. We do see Yoda does train the younglings. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a mentor figure, you know. Okay, but what we also know about Obi-Wan Kenobi, which we could go into some other plot holes, is Obi-Wan Kenobi is a notorious liar. Well, you know, it, it's the truth from a certain perspective, right? I mean, you know, from a per- certain perspective, he never owned any droids. <laughs> Wait a minute. So at the begin, so during the whole entire, like, Clone Wars, R2-D2 is like, with Anakin and Obi Wan, hell, he's he's with he's with them at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith to save the Chancellor. And he's talking to to R two, you know, like directly talking to him. So it's not it's not like uh, you know Anakin's only only one talking to R two and and he was a ghost all this time. R two, do you copy? R two, can you hear me? So once again, right? So there's another one, right? So in in Episode four, Obi Wan Kenobi. Doesn't even recognize R two D two. Yeah, he's just lying his ass off. A notorious know? liar. Uh, another student of mine, you know, turned to evil and and slew your father. Right? You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. What I told you was true from a certain point of view. <laughs> a certain point of view? I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Did he ever get those power converters? He did go in the Tashi station, and there is a deleted scene where he runs into uh, Biggs, Darklighter. Yeah. But what what would he even do with the power converters? I'm just kind of uh, curious. What what are power converters? Uh, they convert power. <laughs> I I I, hell, I don't know. I, I guess they're like batteries. You know, he probably needs them for his little T16 toy. He flies around. <laughs> He's like flying the spaceship around. Meanwhile, Turkey's over there getting his oil bath. Oh, this oil bath's gonna. Don't bother me. I'm playing with my toys. Luke, you better be cleaning those droids. I'm on it, Uncle Owen. You know, I wonder what R2 is thinking over there while Luke is doing that. And R2 is probably thinking. This is Darth Vader's son. Oh my goodness! This is the asshole who has to save the galaxy. Well, that, that's why everything the R two says is beeped out. He's he's seeing this whiny little farm boy who he knows is the son of the the most powerful man in the galaxy. Because remember, R 2s memory, as far as we know, has never been wiped. So he right. has data knowledge of all the events. Yeah, meanwhile, 3PO regularly gets his mind wiped. Okay, hold on. Speaking of that, so 3PO gets his mind wiped, 
at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Right. And then he's stuck on the, the Corellian Corvette. So how does he know who R2 is? Oh, well, R2's with him. But after the mind wipe, he wouldn't have any knowledge of R2. Well, R2 probably went up to him and was like, hey, Goldenrod, remember me? Well, actually, it would be more like beep, 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 beep. Oh, I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations. Uh-oh, into another plot hole, I see. Oh, uh, I, I took a step too far into a, into, into a plot hole. So, here we go. How come Owen Lars does not recognize 3PO or R2, for that matter, when they're both... On the Owen, Owen's homestead and Attack of the Clones. Which, by the way, 3PO was like working there in Attack of the Clones. Now, R2, yeah. he was there really quickly, okay? But 3PO was working there! Like, he, well, he, he, also, he also didn't have the, the golden exterior yet either, right? I mean, he was all rusty and battered, you know? And by, by the time uh, New Hope came around, he was gold and he had a silver leg. All right, look, I can, you know, suspend my mind on some things, but 3PO never shuts his fucking mouth, okay? So you mean to tell me that he's not on the... Uncle Owen, my name is C-3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. I am well-versed in six million forms of communication. Just shut up and fix the fucking power converter, right? He's, you know, Owen's just like... God, does this droid ever shut the fuck up? I know. Only but you see my point, right? You see my point is yeah. 3PO would be talking Owen's ear off. So he knows his name is 3PO. He knows. But then he sees the same exact droid. Okay, with a golden shell instead of like the silver shell that's all dirty. I just think Owen knows this is 3PO. Well, why why do you think he wanted him to get his mind wiped immediately? It's a good point. Maybe maybe he did know, and he take, was just like those droids up in the anchor head and get their minds their memories erased. Drinking his blue milk, and he's just like, I wonder if that's that same fucking droid that I had. I gotta get that. I gotta get his mind wiped. Who knows what the fuck he's been through? You know. Yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna blab to Luke about his father. Possibly, because you we know this f- for sure, man, Owen does not want Luke knowing of any detail, anything about Anakin. And right. wants to keep uh, Luke away from Obi-Wan, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that crazy old man died the same time as your father. You knew my father? I told you to forget it. <laughs> Go dust those crops, boy. Speaking of Luke, um, you remember Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Uh, The very beginning on Hoth, and Vader comes in, and you're right, they basically destroy the shield, and so the rebels have to escape Hoth. And Luke gets in his X-Wing, flies off. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't there an Imperial blockade around Hoth? Well, didn't, didn't they take off after the Millennium Falcon? So, every single ship... Every single blockade ship went to chase the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, because that's that's smart, strategic, military strategy. 
Well, you know, they they probably figured, well, that piece of junk can't outfly us, so we'll we'll just you know keep chasing them until we uh, hit an asteroid belt, and then we'll we'll lose them. Yeah, all the manpower, all the manpower of the Empire. Let's just chase this ship. Yeah, let's forget about the other ships that are taking off, that are just flying. Because right there was more people there when Luke took off. Right. Yeah, they were, they were still getting the transports out, and there were still more uh, more pilots you know flying escort yeah let's just forget about them but 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 the the empire wasn't worried about the the x-wings they were worried about the the big transports okay, okay. Hey, hey, hey was that a legal blockade <laughs> my lord is it legal i will make it legal <laughs> but okay but then again once again luke skywalker just escapes planet hoth undetected there's like not a ship around him. Okay, Ross. Before we wrap it up, let's uh, let's talk about uh, one or Go two one more. more here. Yeah. So you remember uh, Return of the Jedi in uh, Jabba's palace in the droid torture room? Oh yeah, yeah the uh, the one that's getting the hot irons on his feet. Precisely. How <laughs> how do droids feel pain? Uh, the same way you feel pain. A droid? Maybe it's programmed to, to scream so that, you know it fills the ambience of uh, of Jabba's torture chamber. You know, so so you know the hot iron comes down. There, you know, there's not really any pain by the droid, but you know he screams like as if he is in pain. You know, just to scare everybody else. I'll tell you what's painful is watching Hayden Christensen's acting in Attack of the Clones. That's painful. <laughs> that makes me go. Okay. There you go. There you go. That makes no sense. Droids don't feel pain. Hey, pain leads to suffering. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. How feel you, cold, sir? I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters, sir. <laughs> so the boy will be trained. No, he won't. You must see it. You must. He is the chosen one. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a plot hole. Look, this okay. is just my worst Star Wars moment ever. It's on the Blu-ray Return of the Jedi because Return of the oh. Jedi is my favorite movie. And my worst moment is when. He throws the Emperor down the shaft, but before he does it, in the Blu-ray, he goes, no. 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 All right. So, Ross, those were some pretty good uh, plot holes. I know there's some more, but that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, think I, had, we, I think we hit the main ones. I had fun. I had fun uh, talking some uh, plot holes there. Oh, oh uh, yeah. looks like we got somebody flying in here. Oh. Ho, uh, hey, Wado, you don't need to be on this podcast. You do not need to be on this podcast. Lando, tell Ross, mind tricks don't work on me, only jokes. <laughs> it is now time for the Sith Talkers joke of the week. I'm a Tidarian. Mind tricks don't work on me. <laughs> What if I give you some Republic credits? I need something more real. 
No, credits will do just fine. No, they won't! Credits will do fine. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi? <laughs> Waving around your hand like that? I need jokes! Uh, okay, all right, Waddle. All right, okay. All right, Waddle. All right, so Ross, are you ready for... I am ready for a joke. ...for the Star Wars Joke of the Week? All right, so here we go. Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi walk into a Chinese restaurant. Ten minutes into the meal... Luke still can't figure out the chopsticks. Dropping food everywhere. Obi-Wan finally says, Use the forks, Luke. <laughs> oh, groan. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. The forks will be with you always. All right. So that leads me into one of my favorite segments of the podcast. The Star Wars Encyclopedia All right. I am ready to hear the fact of the week. All right. So, this week's fact, I was running through the encyclopedia, and I stumbled upon all the lightsaber battle forms, and I just thought it was really interesting. So, I'm going to... Start with form one. This All right. Lightsaber form. battle form. So form one. Form Here one. Here we go. Known as Shai Cho, this was the simplest form of lightsaber combat technique studied by the Jedi Knights of the Old Republic and was generally considered the first form used by the original creators of lightsabers, sometimes called the ideal form, form one used horizontal side swipes and parries made with the blade of the lightsaber held upright to push the point of an enemy's blade away during a side-to-side attack. If the attack was downward slash aimed at the head, Form 1 simply reversed the motion with the horizontally held lightsaber being moved up and down to deflect the blow. All the basic ideals of attack, parry, target zones, and practice drills were created with the form one style. Well, that's the type that the, uh, the younglings are doing, right? You nailed it. Um, in the cyclopedia, there's actually a picture of a youngling for form one. And it's also the, uh, the, the style that Luke first learned from Obi one, right? That's correct. With the remote. Yep. All right, guys. So that was a really cool, uh, Encyclopedia fact, the lightsaber uh, forms, really cool, really interesting. I will, um, in the future, be going over the rest of them. Of course, they're all in the encyclopedia. And it just a spoiler, Form 7 seems to be my favorite, and you'll know why when I go over Form 7. All right, Ross, before we wrap up here, um, I would like to share a Star Wars Celebration 3 story um if we want we can share our favorite story from star wars celebration 3 or we can do one that we that we like together that we thought was the best story um mine is a rick mccullen story are you good with that or do you have your own other than the uh, rick mccullen story that that was my favorite thing that happened during celebration 3 but i also enjoyed uh 
Well, I don't know if I really enjoyed it, but the very very first day we stood in line you know, all day just for the store so we could get that uh, that new uh, Darth Vader with you know new recorded lines by James Earl Jones. Yeah, we were in line for nine hours, I do believe. Yeah, I believe so, but it was fun. We were both dressed up in Jedi robes and stuff, and we were talking you know with with all the people in line for that entire time. The thing I love the most about going to the convention was talking star Wars with like everybody. Oh yeah. That was the most fun. Me and Ross, we met people from other countries. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I think I remember talking to some like people from Germany and a couple of people from like Australia too, which was super cool because when me and captain amazing were in line and talking to the other fans, there was a British gentleman who right was from um, England. And so, yeah, th- that's the, that's the best part about it is people coming together positive from all walks of life, all over the world. And we come together because we love star Wars. Like that's, what's amazing about it. So anyways, uh, really quick story before we sign off here. Um, and th- this will be it. Cause this is me and Ross's favorite moment at celebration three. So, there was a room and we went to it and it was basically titled, you know, meet Rick McCullen. Uh, he was going to do a Q and a do right. Do some questions yeah, was, uh, and answers. I, and remember Rick McCullen was L- George Lucas's right hand man during the prequels. So was he a producer? Yes, he was a producer on all yeah. the prequels. I'm telling you, he was George Lucas's right-hand man. You watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff, that guy is with George Lucas like every step of the way. Yeah. Okay, so we go into the room, and he comes out, and he's just like, Hey, everybody, I have a special treat for you guys. I want to show you guys 10 minutes of footage from Episode 3. Mind you, this is... A month before episode three comes out? Uh yeah, something like that. I I don't remember the exact dates, but it, it was it was a little bit of time before it came out, but it wasn't it wasn't like I mean, I think the previews had already started airing, right? Yes. Okay, so mind you, all the rooms, you know, and things happening at the convention, they were all timed. So I don't know, we had thirty, forty five minutes, right, slotted for this particular yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty short uh, meet and greet, you know, or question and answer uh, uh, session. I want to say thirty minutes. So we- yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was about thirty minutes. I think we waited in line maybe an hour. Yes, for it, I do believe so. Okay, so he shows us the footage, which right at the time we're all freaking out and cheering and and going crazy. Then he does um, the question and answer part. And like I said, this is just like kind of like a big room and he just wanted people to line up and there was like a microphone and people just got in line and just asked questions and then he would like answer. So, you know, we're about, yeah, uh, like 18 minutes in at this point, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he's answering questions, answering questions. And this one dude gets up there and he goes... I really don't have a question, but can we watch that footage again? (laughs) And Rick McCollin, he goes, well, you know, this is really time for, you know, people to ask questions. And so everybody gets a chance. 
And he goes, wait. He goes, you know what? He goes, let's leave it up to the room. So he goes, all right, everybody. Do you want to ask questions for 10 more minutes? Or do you want to watch the footage again? And all of us go, footage! Yeah, if I remember, I think he did a show of hands. Yes. Right? It was like, you know, how many of you want to, you know, see the footage? And pretty much everybody raised their hands. And then he was like, okay, how many more people want to ask questions? I I don't think there was anybody else that, you know, raised their hand for that. I don't think there was a single soul. So he he said, okay. All right, cue it up. He said, yeah, he said, cue it up. And we spent the last 10 minutes watching the footage again, and we all went apeshit crazy. And he loved it, actually. He he was so passionate that we were so passionate about just watching that footage again. And he, it actually made his day. Like, he told us. Like, he was just like... He was just like, you guys gave up like question time to watch the footage because you love Star Wars this much. And he was like, I love it. He was like, this is what Star Wars celebration is all about. It's not waiting in line for like 14 hours outside in the rain and then getting let inside of the rain to sit in the back of a huge room just to watch a George Lucas interview. Right? Right, yeah. Ross? <laughs> Which was really cool. I'm not right. Well, lie. you know, we, we what stood in line from like two o'clock in the morning until eight two in o'clock? the morning or something. You're being was generous, it? buddy. We got in line twelve thirty to one a.m. Oh. and the George Lucas interview didn't start until nine thirty. Okay. See, uh, all I remember is being out in the rain forever, like wrapped around the outside. They of the let building. us in. They let us in. They let us in eventually, but we were we were outside for a good few hours before they were, let us in. We were, and it was a little bit chilly, and they did finally let us inside. And 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 he was doing three of the uh, we the, the interviews. We got into the second one. I want to say it was the nine thirty one. Was it ten thirty? Mm, I don't know, but we were sure. we were in the back of the of the room where the seats almost yeah. ended because there was people like standing behind us because there was like no more seats yeah so but we did get to see george lucas get interviewed which was super cool yeah and a whole bunch of little kids you know just be like i love you so much thank you for for everything and just you know you could hear the the puckering thank the maker all right guys we're gonna wrap it up here this is sith talkers a star wars podcast i am your host mike Lando. smell what Lando Ferrando is cooking. Joined by my special guest host this week, Ross Crabtree. And let me know what you guys think of the podcast today. Let me know what your uh, favorite plot hole is. Or, you know, let me know a plot hole. Um, hey, if there's any of them that you think are, are bigger plot holes that we didn't mention, you know, let us know. Yeah, let me know. So, um, you know, hit me up on Instagram at Sith Talkers on Twitter. Check out the Facebook page, Sith Talkers, a Star Wars podcast, or shoot me an email, Sith Talkers at gmail.com. All right, everybody. May the force be with you. Always. No, no, the force will be with you always.
Yeah, there, there, there's a plot hole for you, too. Oh, my God. Plot hole? Where? Uh, amphibians being on a desert planet. Oh, hmm. Needs the sun doing murder to needs the skin. Right? Yeah, no, no. Has to, he has to have a lot of lotion. Well, you know, I'm sure uh, a scene we didn't see was uh, Obi-Wan. You know. Turn over, Jar Jar. <laughs> let me get, let me get your back. Pull down your pants. <laughs> you will let me rub this lotion on your back. <laughs> he doesn't need a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> hey, do Gungans even have dicks? I don't know. They're amphibians, right? Amphibians don't have dicks. They lay eggs and they have the, the, the coaculas or whatever. I don't know. You're, 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 you're going down a path. I don't know. I can Beatboxing. That's really good. I've never heard uh, beatboxing to the Star Wars theme.